1: Alright, here we are once again. This is Angelo Hunter, your boy Jello. We got a special guests in the house today. He's not really a guest. He's gonna be the actual co-host for the show, ladies and gentlemen. And today we're gonna to get busted up right up into it because he was an individual who actually has seen what it's like to be in the front lines. Not only that, he's a good friend, musician friend, and um, known him for a long time.
2: And uh, let's get right into it. What's Casey? What's up, my man? 25 years. Can you realize I did the math? I was, talking, I was talking to Ed and Keith and stuff and I did that and I was like, I was like, just like yeah, I was dude. Like, dude, it's going to be 25 years that we've known each other. Absolutely. So ladies and
1: gentlemen, this is uh Casey Tafe, Dr. I'm going to call him Doc Casey for easy reference for you folks out there. And uh he's a good friend. He really knows his stuff. And uh, as I went on the search to find someone to actually uh, be a good balance for me, Casey actually brought it up and. I'm glad you did because I know, I don't know where it's going to go, but I know it's going to be fun. So I'm super excited to have you here, man. And I'm glad you uh, decided to join on. Dude, I'm excited to be here,
2: man. This is my first, uh, soiree into, uh, social media. Uh, I mean, as a professional, you know, I've posted, you know, funny stuff, touching stuff on Facebook, but I've never come on, um, you know, from a professional standpoint and, um, you know, so this is it. Hey, I even know, started somewhere, you know? Timing is everything, and I, I think
1: the, I'm glad I waited because who knows, I would have had some Joe Schmo up here and it wouldn't have gone very well
2: at all. So <laughs> this is where
1: we're at. So we're going to get into some stuff, you guys out there. Um, Casey has spent some, uh, well, a lot of time, um, unexpectedly uh, serving through the COVID uh, era. I guess that's what we can call it because it's not going anywhere fast, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. So we're going to get real for a little while and let you know... Um, how he dealt with it and how he saw people dealing with the uh the pandemic and we're also getting into some uh some other little nuggets as far as mental health physical health and uh maybe some tips on things that you guys might not be doing that you should be doing to get yourself out of the uh the pit of despair i like to call it and uh, i can tell you from my point of view casey it's good to be out and actually um you know fraternizing with some people now and not being locked up but it looks like we might be in a little bit of a twist right now with uh things what do you what's your take on that and also um get into your whole thing how you got into what you're doing and where you're at right now man
2: um yeah man so i mean to to give everybody a little little bit of a background i just graduated my emergency medicine residency um out here right outside of cleveland and um it was a four-year program and we are, the, the hospital that I trained at um, is a community hospital. It's a level three trauma center um, in the suburbs of Cleveland. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely got hit. Um, and uh, there were times where it felt like every other patient was, that was coming in was COVID related and our ICUs were at one point overflowing, um, in onto other floors. Um, we weren't inundated the way that say New York city or, um, or, or other, other major cities like that were, you know, luckily in our particular hospital, we never ran out of ventilators or, or were, extraordinarily short like you know no i never had to wear a garbage bag over my head for ppe um but it was it was um it was unsettling um the way that we had to change everything that we did and um i think that
0: every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
2: Like a lot of places in the beginning, like March of last year, february march of last year we started hearing rumbles about it and uh but it's it's different when you're watching it on tv versus when you're going to work and i'll never forget the first time i had a patient that came back positive and um you know uh, we got to the point where what's so strange about this virus is how unpredictable it could be where, you know, you think of the people that are at risk for a respiratory virus, um, people with COPD, congestive heart failure, um, really bad comorbidities. Uh, but then there's the 30 year old marathon runner who goes into, uh acute respiratory failure requiring intubation and on a ventilator and requiring you know things like like ecmo and these these um uh really uh last ditch life-saving efforts um and also you had to be suspicious for when people would come in with diarrhea rashes you hear about covid toe Um, you know, you, I had a guy come in one time. He was a hundred years old, came in with hiccups for like three days, brought him in for hiccups. It was like a hundred year old guy with, you know, he had some dementia and, um, he was COVID positive. And I remember going back and telling one of the attending physicians, I'm like, that guy's positive. And he said, oh yeah, it's a COVID induced esophagitis causing intractable hiccups. Yeah. Basically. And I'm sure people have kind of cued
1: into it now but it's one of those things where um not to take lightly and make fun of anybody having issues but there are general concerns for things that normally wouldn't be a big issue to people right like hiccups i mean who the hell
2: yeah it's it's you had to be you had to have a very um you had to have a very low, you had suspect COVID for anything, any, virtually any symptom, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, GI symptoms, rash, of course, respiratory symptoms, fever alone, loss of taste and smell. It's... Um, was there you know, anything that you saw more of? The respiratory, you know? Yeah, it was primarily respiratory. And um, uh, one phenomenon that we saw was... Uh, people would come in and they're like, I feel fine. And their oxygen saturation is like 82, 85. And they're looking at you going, what's wrong? I feel fine. And they're talking to you normally. And we called them happy hypoxemics." Really? Yep. Wow. So, and it was getting to the point, um, probably June, July, August of last year and into the fall where there were no beds anywhere we couldn't transfer up to our because if somebody has that high of an oxygen requirement they're going to the icu even if they're not in full-blown oh my god they need a tube in their throat they're headed that way so they need to go to an environment where they can manage these issues which is an icu so or a really highly monitored floor and there were just no beds and we would call seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different hospitals trying to go to Pittsburgh and nobody has any beds. Wow. So there were cases where patients would sit down in our ER RER, and ERs in general for days. And then what do you, what do you do with all the other people? The, the, the waiting room is still filling up and you still get the chest pains and the kidney stones and everything like that. Everyday emergencies for people. Yeah. Right. That stuff was still there. Then you got to kind of, you probably
1: were in a situation too where you kind of had to protect them from getting
2: the COVID right. I A hundred percent. We had protocols where if somebody had a really high suspicion, they come in, cough, fever, shortness of breath. Like, even if the test is negative, like, are you really going to believe it? Like, come on. Like, looks like a duck, walks like a duck. It's probably a duck.
1: Probably seen 30 other the same situation at that point. Yeah.
2: So we would have protocols in place and how to get those patients around the ER without exposing, you know, you got Gam Gam, who's in this particular room and she's 95 and it's got a hundred medical problems, but these, she's there for a broken hip. Like how do you not expose her right. to these patients? You know? So all of these, it was, it was like, it was disaster management in, 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 in for six months. Wow.
1: wow. Yeah. Crazy. So I, now we got to the, you know, that you went through the, all this craziness and what kind of sense of, Relief or I don't know fear, once they decided to push the vaccines. What what did you see at that point when you know the efficacy and all that the 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 studies and peer journals and all that stuff came out? What was the general consensus in the hospital with nurses and doctors and and let me ask you this too as well d- double fold. People that you worked with, were there some that got the shot, some that didn't get the shot, or some that now realize maybe I should get the shot?
2: Um, you know, I personally didn't go around to everybody in the hospital saying like, "Did you get the shot? Did you get the shot?" It was, I think the jet a, a vast majority of people got the vaccine. Um, I think if people in healthcare opted not to get the vaccine, I even no matter how what their opinions on it were, I think they kind of kept that to themselves. Right. Because it's one thing to go to, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in, it's one thing to go to work in a school and say, no, I, I chose not to get the vaccine. It's another thing to show up to a hospital with immunocompromised people and advertise, no, I, I chose not to get the vaccine. Yeah. That's what I figured yeah. Professionally they just Yeah, you're gonna kinda get I don't want to say you're gonna get shunned. Right. But right. it's it would be like uh why the hell not?
1: And I mean honestly too. I mean, do I have I have no like I know we see a lot of people like I'll get the shot or don't get the shot, whatever. Um I I I'm indifferent either way because obviously I believe in choice, but I'm gonna choose what's best for me and I don't need to tell people either way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as hell going to be super careful. I'm just hoping that people that didn't decide to do it, um, and even the ones that did, that are getting a little too happy with because they did, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, rubbing up, getting a little too close or whatever, mm-hmm. um, have a better understanding that, that, you know, their actions actually lead to consequences. So you, you need to, it may not affect you now, but down the road is probably going to affect you at some point.
2: Of of not getting the vaccine, right. whether whether
1: whether you well even if you did get the shot and you see somebody that didn't, I mean that person you're either going to see somebody affected or it's going to affect you. May do it indirectly. I mean, we're already seeing that,
2: anyways, indirectly. Yeah, you know, and it, it's a we're we're seeing that now with the Delta variant. Right. Um, you know, it's it's being called a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, the Delta variant, and so with so with a lot of viruses they they mutate so rapidly and like that's one of the things that makes hiv so difficult to eradicate completely is because it's constantly changing. um it's constantly changing it's constantly mutating or i should say it's so adapting right it's adapting right so what we're seeing now is People that are, so having the vaccine, being vaccinated, isn't protecting people from, number one, having the vaccine, no matter what variant you're talking about, you can still carry it. You will eradicate it a little more quickly. But what you have to explain to people is that it doesn't turn your body into like a hot, like a water on a hot plate. the vaccine doesn't land on you or get into your nasal passages and just like right you can still have it so if you travel to see grandma and you get on a you get on you know it's funny i was gonna say you know delta flight you know maybe poor choice of words you know Um, it's like i saw that meme recently and it was like delta it was like what the hell you know, and so it was like, now we're referring to it. So, and it was like a response from Corona and says, welcome to the suck. <laughs> but let's say, let's say you go to fly grand, fly to see grandma and right. you get on a flight, you come in contact with the virus. It's in the air. It gets in your nasal passageways. You land at the airport. An hour later, you're at her house. You can still transmit that. Got
1: it. That's a great, so, i you that too, because I think people, And I, look, I understand people are going to poo-poo, blah, blah, I get it, Mm -hmm. but look, I'm going to err on a side of caution just because, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, period. I have my own opinions, and Mm -hmm. I think that's people, people just need to talk to other people that are experienced with, or, or that have, you know, actually experienced it. I mean, I know plenty of people have gotten, I think the other thing too people forget is that not everybody recovers the same as well. And I think that's the thing. Being healthy, right? When you're healthy, you're like my immune system. But people forget. Even if you have, you could have the strongest immune system ever, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the COVID. But at some point, you're not going to feel great. I mean, I mean, your immune systems. When you exercise too much, your immune system gets compromised. If Mm -hmm. you got a bad cough and you decide to work out, you're going to the gym. Mm most of us aren't covering our face at the gym right now.
2: Mm-hmm. No, you like
1: no. cough, like you said, You don't know. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I think I think going into it, you just have to be one. Uh, I I don't want to say keep your head on a swivel, but you kind of have to because it's it's you have to learn to trust yourself a little bit more out there at this point
2: because of what is going on. You can't be totally not vigilant. Right. We're not right. back to normal, and. I don't know that we'll ever completely be back to a pre-COVID normal, right? Right. Because if anything, this has, if anything, this caught us with our pants down. No doubt. You know, it showed us where our weaknesses is, what our weaknesses are. It showed us, um, it exposed people's Um, weaknesses in their own bodies so one factor there's been a bunch of factors linked to you hear things about like vitamin d deficiency and the benefits of vitamin d with covid but one thing that it really exposed is obese people did very poorly and uh like in general did very poorly and yes you know you of course the super morbidly obese and the morbidly obese i mean you've got all that belly fat sitting on your diaphragm you're not going to be your your diaphragm is not going to be able to move down to take a full breath you're you're already compromised right i mean you know it's kind of like we'll forget about that you know yeah it's like you know how you feel after thanksgiving dinner and you're sitting there and you're just like oh you know, and you feel like you can't take a full breath it's like that all the time right you know so um nothing it, to be taking light i mean some
1: look i, I get it and i understand i know there's going to be people that listen to this they're going to be like well that's their choice kind of thing okay that yeah, may be but we don't know what their situation is so i'm, uh, I'm gonna i'm gonna step back and, and have a little bit more compassion for those people too
2: because they didn't ask to get sick so i mean sure a hundred percent Right. right. They they weren't expecting on getting a, a highly contagious respiratory virus during a global and pandemic. I, I literally have seen fitness folks out there. I'm not going to say any names or, or
1: handles or anything, but I have seen stuff, and I'm sure you have, where uh, the people are so adamant about what the way they feel. And you're entitled to your opinion. I get it. But let's not downplay the situation of people that, that you know, choose not to take care of themselves the way that most of us choose to take care of themselves. And I get it. Which brings me to, and we can always come back to this, but which brings me to the mental health aspects of COVID and being locked up for those sixteen to eighteen months. Sure. Of not, and I, and we've talked about this before, where I've experienced it, you've experienced it, where you, are just your routine just got totally screwed up, where you were even scared. Well, not me personally,
2: and I'm sure I got outside, yes, but your routine was screwed. I realized that I, I, my routine went completely out the window when I couldn't go for appointments or do anything. Like I'd be standing there at three o'clock in the, huh?
1: I did donate to the economy. I was at my local liquor store. I'm not going to lie.
2: That's right. (laughs) Well, actually funny, funny enough. And, and you know, when I, when I first heard that outlook about liquor stores, like why are gyms closed? but liquor stores are, and like intuitively, like I understand why gyms are closed. You want to avoid people from getting into a big, but liquor stores, if they all of a sudden closed liquor stores, you don't realize how many alcoholics are out there. And now you're going to get ERs that are trying to manage and mitigate the damage of this virus. They're going to be inundated with people in full-blown alcohol. That's mental health. Right, mental health, right and um but mental health mostly too yeah it it, it's um you know i think you know the first couple weeks of quarantine i think people because when when lockdown came I was on a rotation that didn't really, it wasn't essential. I think I was on an ultrasound rotation.
1: Okay.
2: Where, you know, you kind of go around the ER and you ultrasound people and, you know, if they have abdominal pain or chest pain, and then you go hang out with the technicians and learn because ultrasound has become almost the new stethoscope in the emergency room. We use it for everything. Um, But no one was really like, relying on you being there it's not like you had to work a shift in the ER so it was like eh, you guys don't really need me like you know I'm going to keep myself safe call me if you need me right. and um I think for the first like week or two, I don't know how you felt but I don't think anybody
1: thought it was going to last that long I, I'll be honest and uh, when I got the memo and it said three weeks I was like little vacation i'll be all right that's that's how i felt i was like margarita time baby i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go get some takeout and i'm gonna get some tequila
2: that's it let's netflix and chill and uh you know but you know but by week six when it's four o'clock in the afternoon and you're still in the your pajamas and you're just sitting there with your head up against like the window like looking around um it got to be like the shining, you know, so yes. people lost structure. Um, When you did have to go out to go to the grocery store, you're looking, at, you're looking at everybody like they're an enemy. Yep. Yep. No doubt. You know, you you're suspicious at? of everyone. Yep.
1: Yep. Don't touch me. Don't. I mean, yeah. The whole thing. I can remember this vividly going in the store and seeing those stupid arrows on the, in the aisles, like
2: yeah. in one direction. I'm like real. That no one ever paid attention to, which really? totally <laughs> makes sense. You know,
1: I need my hummus. What's up?
2: <laughs> I'm going right. to go. The hummus is you three feet you for me. You want me to. Wrong way. Yeah. 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 Totally. Did you, did you ever get into any situations where you saw people get angry? In a store. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, particularly
1: um, middle-aged folks. Well, I'm middle-aged. I don't know what I'm talking about. Jesus, middle-aged people like myself. <laughs> Come on,
2: man! You're gonna be a, a live to be 140. You oh, know,
1: like, uh, You get the looks. Like, uh, yeah, wiping down the carts or fight, not fighting over carts, but yeah. Toy. Toil- I think the biggest thing was the paper products. That's where I saw the anger. Oh, yeah? If you were lucky to get Bounty or whatever the hell you were buying, sure. you bought the last one, which I'm sure not to. I'd only say twice, but once I figured out uh, the time to go when they got a delivery, I was fine. But the first, <laughs> I say after the first three weeks of having, because I'll be honest with you, when we were going through all that, people were bugging out about toilet paper and paper products and fighting over each other for that crap. We were pretty, we were good, we were solidly good for like a good month and a half. So we got past that, anyways. Yeah, I do remember going into the store and thinking these people are like, and literally people were waiting outside for the truck to unload, put it into the thing, put it, you know, like, stock on the shelves. I'm like, really? I'm like, come right. on. Right. It's like trying to get Aerosmith tickets or something. Like, like,
2: like tents and
1: yeah. I mean, I heard of people, you know, using Kleenex to wipe your butt. You know you. You know you can't use no clean But you know, it was a little interesting and crazy at the same time. But yeah, there was people that were angry for no reason, which I got. Yeah. Um and I I may have, may have not, you know, pushed back a little bit. But, mm-hmm. but gotten I, a little snippy. And yeah, and I and I think I caught myself because I realized that it was, you know, none of this was our fault. Sure. I think people were in that blame stage, right? I'm gonna blame yeah. whoever I see because I, you know, I need to get out. I don't want to be involved in your your crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and the not knowing. I can't tell you the other thing that made me so ridiculously upset was wiping down my grocery bags. Yeah, I was like, "What?
2: Really? Right. Your your level your of anxiety? Se-
0: yes."
2: yes your level of anxiety and suspicion of everything you have to think through every single step i can tell you we went and wiping
1: down every single doorknob and you know what's funny about that i mean not funny haha but funny like recognition of, of cleanliness like it brought back the idea that we should be doing some of this stuff anyways right right parts they should have yep. that anyways Mm -hmm. I never, I have still to, I will not stop doing
2: that as long as they have that out there. Sure. It's, it's right. You kind of wonder, right. Why haven't we been doing this the whole time? Because not just COVID, COVID, the presence of COVID didn't get rid of the 4 billion viruses that you come in contact with in any given week.
1: No, Johnny Appleseed, he could have used his hand instead of the the toilet paper kind of thing. Right. You
2: know, so. (laughs) So, so people's mental state, um, uh, there were so many factors that contributed to people's anxiety, depending on their job too. Um, You know, of course the, like we said, the, the suspicion of everybody, the just sitting, the, the shining effect of just sitting in the house all day long. If you have kids, they're home now. Oh. You're stuck at home. You've got two, three kids. They're home all day, every day. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you an essential worker, you have to go out and deal with the public and expose yourself. But if you're a non-essential worker and you're staying home, you had to find a completely different way to do everything. Yes. And that may or may not be compatible with your company's bottom line. Right. And then- they got to keep the ship afloat. So now people are getting laid off. Yeah. Or like my mechanic, I had to go bring my car in during that time. And I was like, it, it was going to take longer than normal. I was like, Oh, a little short staffed," huh? And he's like, yeah, man, it's more, it's worth it for my employees to stay home and collect unemployment. They're making more doing that. There's
1: a whole nother egg. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cause I think now,
1: and I know people are gonna probably, probably going to get hate mail for this. But some people are definitely going to take advantage of the system. But on the flip side, I can't blame them because it's allowed. So when something is allowed, people are going to have their way with it.
2: It's allowed. And if you've got two, three kids and you're going to make more and be able to support them better.
1: And I'm not going to look, I'm not going to knock yeah. that that are taken is because most people are going to use it for the kids, which obviously isn't. right. Like how, right. Exactly. If, if it's going to benefit you. Right. Right. That I understand. But the, I would say the majority of people, and this is, I, I'm pretty sure this is what's going on. This is what my, just my gut feeling, the people that have kids and have families that are borderline middle class, and are just you know they're we're get, getting by you're paying your bills and all that stuff. Majority of those people are definitely taking that little extra in buying groceries, paying their bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's that core group of, dare I say, whatever generation this is, that mm-hmm. have worked for a little while, and they've never seen anything like this. And they're like, mm-hmm. Screw "This man, I'm staying the hell home. Mm-hmm. Make that grand a week or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is, six seven hundred dollars a week." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take six, seven, eight months off, but I think now the reality is gonna start to set in because all that stuff is starting to end. And if you don't mm-hmm. have kids, you're not getting nothing now. First, mm-hmm. so I think we're gonna see a little bit of a, a uptick, um, especially in the service industry because that's where I'm seeing it the most. Going out and having dinners and stuff like that lately. Yeah, I'm trying to do my part and get the you know contribute some some money to the local economy, anyways. Mm-hmm. But I'm
2: definitely seeing that. I, also, you know it's possible that you know that that's you know that that's all in good for however many months right. you're going to do it for. You gotta have a four, point. five, six months. Right. But then, you know, as humans, we need to grow.
1: Yes, yes,
2: yes. If if, if a plant doesn't grow, it dies. So whether someone, you know, whether someone has actually taken the time to reflect on it and say, hey, man, I'm not progressing as a person, I'm not progressing in my career, I'm not interacting socially, whether they've actually taken the time to reflect on this. You're going to feel it if you're not, because 2020 and even part of 2021, <laughs> this was the year that never happened. You know, it's, it's just like static. In everybody's mind and uh, you know you can't really i mean is a a sense of fulfillment and actually getting out there and doing something whether it's going to a job and that's that's the thing too i think without the actual
1: i guess you want to feel like another feel like you want to feel like a person you want to do you want to do yeah 100 percent I don't think that, and that's, I think the mental health part with that too, is, is being contributing something somewhere. Yes. Always makes you feel better. Um, and I feel really, really bad for people that I, that I know that are dealing with, like, for instance, like bipolar stuff. Yeah. Having to have nothing to do. And look, I get it. People are like, oh, I play board games and things like that. But that's not the point. The point is being able, like you said, you need that human and Interaction kind of main or balance out
2: whatever else is going on in your life. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you're already prone to depression or anxiety, or have an underlying, um, psychiatric condition, bipolar disorder, manic, you know, whatever it is, seasonal affective disorder. Which you know, I hope that we
1: there's. I, I kind of I'm figuring that we're probably not going to shut down again, but who knows. In the next three months, but seasonal affective disorder crap. I mean, that's that's a freight train, and most people don't even realize they have it. That's what's crazy about that. It's not like bipolar, where you know the individual is not well.
2: Right. Or, right. It's it's not as it's not as in your face. Right. It's not as is as, as you can't point to it from across the room. No, and most people don't even know that's what it is. Right. They, yeah.
1: When you're consistently thinking that you're having a bad day, that's you. Usually- <laughs> yeah depression how do i know that because it happened to me last uh winter when you know i i had spent the what is it the three months three weeks were gone then three months i was like i got this because i'm you know i'm an introvert anyways you know i'll Mm -hmm. hang out with you if you know me you know me if not i don't need new friends (laughs)
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i'll stay home and cook and, and hang out with my kids and family whatever anyways but after like three months, I had I wasn't running. I my out my outdoor workouts. Right, we're in February now, and I'm you know I'm like uh oh. <clears throat> or actually, it was March, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: After the, in the March, and it was but it was cold, pretty much till like the beginning of May. Yeah. Hey, so I mean, I was like oh, ah, yeah, it's thirty degrees. I'm staying inside or mm. I'm doing nothing. Ten o'clock. Oh, it's happy hour. Or, or, You're right. Or right.
2: You're right. Brunch every day but most is in brunch every day Free debate. <laughs> right. so let so let's talk about that for a second so so you know as as a personal trainer like how did you see your practice change as covid as we entered that era
1: so I you know I worked for a great family business in Greenwich and we were, I, I remember saying to them, I think I was in the city like March. I want to say we went lockdown, like 15th of March or something crazy like that. Because I had an appointment in the city to do some recording. I got back. And then that following Monday, i you know, that's when they started red flagging everything. Like the, the Metro North and trains, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Buses take precautions. And they were saying mask up. Because that was, you know, that weekend I was in the city. It was just distance. It wasn't even, there was no mask mandate or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But that Monday, I remember, you know, we were really trying to downplay it. You know what I mean? People were still coming in. And I remember just the reality Monday night when they dropped the hammer and said, you know, you're not essential. You're, you know, whatever. Stay home. But not only that, but the people that I, you know, the loyal people that I was training, um, you know, the, not, not many people, let's put it this way, not many people were comfortable doing anything on Zoom because of the hands-on aspect of personal training, mm-hmm. um, especially some of the folks that I had. Um, so that was big and I, it, that lasted, Zoom honestly lasted for about a good month and a half and then people just started falling off the ledge, you know, cause it was too easy not, not to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. can't
1: make- do anything they don't want to do. Right. Uh, After a while, I would say after a good year, I finally had to, you know, we were still having meetings as, as a group, um, as trainers and stuff. And then one of, one of my buddies took off. Um, and then I was slowly, it was, I'm not gonna lie. It was very hard to be energetic. Like I normally am, um, working out because now I realized that the people that I was training, uh, You know, I really didn't have, they're kind of on autopilot. You know, I'm going to give you a list of work. Here's, you know, share a screen. This is what we're doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Put on a timer and, you know, kind of almost like doing a podcast where I'm sitting in my chair. I really don't have to get up and Mm -hmm. show you anything. But that Mm -hmm. was the part of the fun of being in that that environment that makes you good at what you do, right? I'm, I'm showing you do, you show you do. I put you in proper form.
0: There was none of that,
1: right? This person, you know, I had some people I wouldn't even see on the screen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I could hear them. <laughs> so okay. you started to feel yourself even slip into oh, that yeah, complacency. Yeah. And... No, you know, the mirroring thing,
1: right? I'm going to yeah. mirror what you're feeling. You know, I mean, I, wanna, I don't want to yep. pass it on to you, but if you're feeling down in the dumps, uh, you know, I'm going to try mm-hmm. to do my best to be me.
0: Like mm-hmm. I'm
1: super optimistic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 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 barrel through it, but like, I got to the point where I had to, you know, cut my ties, and it was very hard. And also, too, the death of my mother was right there in my face, and I had, and I keep forgetting it. I don't know how I can forget, but I, you know, July of last year was like ridiculous. You know, it was like, mom wasn't doing well. God bless my my sisters and brothers and my brother for taking care of my mom and my sister in law or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't. We probably wouldn't have got through it. As, as well as we did. But after I had, you know, my surgery, I realized, you know, the, the realization that I can't do now, I really can't work out. Right. So original, and you, had, you had hernia surgery, right? right? And the original surgery was supposed to be in April. So yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> right. Right. They're like anything short of emergency bypass surgery. Oh my God. Get it? Yeah.
1: And I I have to be honest, I was apprehensive about even getting it, but I knew if I didn't get it, I would not be able to work out the way I wanted to going forward. Sure. Even in July, it was July 7th, mom passed away that weekend or whatever, the following weekend. I couldn't move. You know, I was supposed to be, and you know this, you're a doctor, I was supposed to be off my feet for at least 10 days. Yeah. Nothing. No bearing weight, no bearing weight to go to the bathroom, but that's it. Nothing. Yep. You know, I'm having to get dressed now, you know, go... You know show i had to have to show up and mm-hmm. i remember just the, the pain that pain and there was parts of me that just was like i was gonna throw in the towel you know mm-hmm. yes ladies and gentlemen the i can i could put it down with the best of them casamigos was my friend <laughs> lie, cloney if you're listening i know you don't own it but throw me <laughs> i'll help you out my brother i kept your lights on there george and uh yeah it was it was one of those things where i was like well everybody everybody else is doing it yeah yeah i can't you know that it it sucked it really did it sucked because it was like i knew i couldn't do anything for at least two months yeah Yeah.
2: it is and it's i mean even on a good day like even on it it was so hard to stay motivated to stay disciplined and
1: i want to say like the end of that year. I was well not the end of the year. Once we got through the summer once it warmed up, really warmed up again, that's when I was like, All right, I got this. I got and like Yeah. September was finally when you know, and I had some setbacks too, I ain't gonna lie. But I in September I finally was able to like kinda go for a long walk without any Mm -hmm. you know, you had that little phantom pain or whatever, but you Mm -hmm. know I got a high threshold. Even the doctors are like, You must have a high threshold because you're moving pretty well. I'm saying, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of faking it, but
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm moving.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I you know, I, the more I, I read or whatever people were like, you got to move. If you're already athletic, obviously your recovery is going to be a little better than the
2: average. You're you're you're, you know, you know, in, in medicine we have a term that we call physiological reserve, right? Which you don't got to go to medical school to understand that concept that, you know, um, that, you know, Usain Bolt is going to recover better yeah. from COVID typically than a seventy-year-old COPD or two-pack-a-day smoker. Exactly. Yep. You
1: know, body's an amazing it, thing,
2: people. It's you know, getting getting back to the topic ahead of physical fitness with with in, in the age of COVID. Like, it, it's yeah, when when. Everything hit and gyms closed. And like, I live in a condo complex and we have, we have a pretty impressive gym in my basement. And I literally walk out my door, get in an elevator, push a button and I've got everything I could ever need. Awesome. Um, yeah. Closed shuttered.
1: That's when you realize it, right. That's in your own
2: building too. Do you need you know, my <laughs> own building? Yeah. And- and it's March, April, like you can go out for a run. You're still getting those like 30 degree days, you know, Ohio, Lake Erie, you know, it's still pretty cold. So you can go for a run. Um, but like, I, you know, I borrowed my girlfriend's, you know, I borrowed Keegan's um, bands. Yeah. But on, man, like, it's, you know, like bands, hey man, don't knock bands. And you're going to get, you're going to get people listening that are like, dude, I got with bands yeah that's great yep. but for i think a majority of people when you're used to throwing heavy dumbbells and kettlebells and machines and everything like that in the environment have, in the environment yeah it, right totally and so where whereas normally you would go down and crank out like a 45 minute pretty vigorous focused workout in a gym yeah. you know you're doing like you're on minute 22 of this body weight workout. And you're like, okay, Shanti. Um <laughs> <laughs> you yelling at me. Oh my god. And by like week three, Shanti's up in the camera, like, you can do it. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> no, if Shanti, if Shanti listened to this, I love Shanti. I follow him on Instagram. The guy's a role model. No doubt no doubt you know but
1: he, i mean even if he was here he would he would
2: get it i mean we all get it i mean even shanti doesn't work out to shanti workouts all the time
1: i mean come on we're human we're human so yeah. name, this is uh doc casey the the uh host co-host with uh, your boy jello podcast hope you guys have enjoyed all this we're gonna hit on some, a couple more minutes of stuff as we discussed uh earlier before we decided to go ahead and do this we could talk you guys to death because we know each other so well and we have fun doing it. But we're going to make sure that we uh, get our stuff together, do some live stuff too, whether whether it be on the uh, Spreaker platform that I have or on Facebook or what have you. We'll figure it out. We'll definitely do that. Um, one of the last things I have to get off my chest is all the Simone Biles haters out there, this top-level athlete since we're on the fitness uh, yeah. fitness thing. This poor girl Dude. goes out. And lays her literally lays her body on the line, and yeah. uh, Rio comes back with vengeance. And um, I could totally, well, not at her level, obviously, but I can totally uh, have the. Uh, first of all, I have the utmost respect for her, but I have definitely have a lot of empathy and, and compassion because I have never had the twisties. But I can tell you, uh, my wife is a gymnast, and. I can tell you that it's nothing to mess with. And let's face it, it's not like she's landing in a, a mat or a, a bunch of those soft cubes at, at your local... Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not like going to a trampoline park, Sky you're Zone. Not, you're not
1: yeah. in Sky Zone hanging out, jumping and,
2: oh, this is so
1: fluffy. You're not doing that. So for people to say that she was a quitter and all this stuff, I wasn't right. actually when... I was sad when I heard it, but I wasn't upset at her for, you know... This whole thing about athletes entertaining you and not and not using their platform for some kind of of good, maybe this is what needed to happen to make people wake up and realize that you know they're not there for your inner sole purpose of entertainment. Um, yeah, they've spent their life and have had probably I don't even know insurmountable amount of injuries because with that mm-hmm. sport, it's it's gonna happen sooner or later so i'm yeah. glad, I'm kind of glad that she i'm glad you know I'm happy that she got a a medal, but I don't think that was her ultimate goal when she came back and I look at it this way if she had never done that, her teammates would have never grown talking about growth grown the way yeah. that that little bit of time that is crazy to be told that you've gotta do something that you didn't plan on doing, yeah in that environment I mean yeah.
2: Uh, they 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 expanded by demand no doubt no doubt you know you put you you put a certain demand on yourself and you have no choice you have to step up and you know (laughs) it's funny i saw something the other day one of my friends posted this thing and said like I'm seeing a whole lot of fat middle aged men who can't do a cartwheel got a lot to say about some mobiles. Hey man
1: <laughs> You know, sometimes it's just like you know, like mama says, right? You know, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Basically. Or keep it to yourself because I mean this this is something people don't realize the sacrifice that just in general, just to do any Look, what is, it's like one in 700 and something thousand to be an
2: Olympian, any sport. Right, in anything. That's insane. Yeah, and it's, it's this is like, I think people don't think about the risk involved either. Like, this isn't, you know, there's certain, listen, all sports, all sports come with inherent risk. But let's face it, some come with more risk than others. Absolutely. You're talking about know, risk reward sports. Like, if you're going into, like, I follow, the sport I follow is mixed martial arts. I love it. I could talk about it all day long. If If you have a fight that night and you're getting in an octagon with another killer, with a lion, and all of a sudden you find out something, your uncle that raised you died. Or some something happens to affect you mentally,
0: or really
2: physically. Oh, that that brings me to. I'm, I'm gonna hold it. And, go ahead. And finish. And, so, and you gotta go in like, dude, you're, you gotta be there mentally. Like, you know, like there's certain sports that I'm not gonna mention that don't come with as much inherent physical risk for not performing at your best. There's just some that have more risk than others and I saw this thing about there was an athlete in the 70s she was a gymnast and I I want to say she was on the Russian team or somewhere in Eastern Europe and um, she was I think we're recovering from like a broken fibula and she was she said she wasn't ready. she was pushed to compete. Wow. she did something broke her neck was a quadriplegic for the rest of her life yeah i did see that that. died at 48 so people don't realize like it's not like simone bios was going out there and like doing a couple of somersaults like you're doing nine flips in the air where if you're not prepared that's it you fracture your c1 c2 done you know spinal cord injury you're done you know crazy
1: what about the uh the young lady who uh lost her i think it was she lost her mother to track athlete that ended up not making the uh team Shara cares i forgot her last name forgive me but anyways the track athlete that um tested positive for marijuana i think they need to check the rules a little bit just because ah uh, uh, just
2: like if you can smoke weed and still run that fast, like, performance-enhancing
1: uh, drugs, running, no, I'm, doing it all not, right, I'm just saying. I need, no, to, I need to get my minute, my my, uh, my miles down and, and uh, reach out to some somebody,
2: <laughs> dude. It, the, and I mean, the the roar, yeah, the roar, the roar of support that came out from other athletes and people like I know, like people like Tyrone Woodley. And other people were posting, they're like, I'm an athlete who uses. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, even NBA has lightened up their touch with the marijuana laws. Sure. Let's It's a plant. I get it. Everything else is a plant and you can do. But look, you could do anything too much and get addicted to it. And it's not even the addiction factor that most people worry about. It's the worry that, you know, mass quantities of people are doing it. But I mean, look, I'm not trying to... uh they, it was a good or bad thing all I'm saying is I think it was a little harsh and they need to go back and look at the rules because I believe it said it was a performance enhancing uh, drug to have X amount in your blood system and I'm like wait a minute I know. Uh, first of all there's different levels of marijuana and nobody really likes to talk about that or strains of marijuana for different things and when you're talking about seizures depression recovery and all these other things that this plant has become useful for they really need to look at that and look if if it's the fault of the competitor to be smoking up it's not like she was smoking a blunt before she went on the track for god's sakes which you know i think most people kind of that aren't educated enough to know that that she's it's not like she smoked it then ran it was something that was in her system from Mm -hmm. before you Mm -hmm. need to put things in perspective and know one why a person did it two Where they are mentally when they have done something like that, because everybody's different, whether you're doing it recreationally, whether you're doing it as an artist to get, uh, dare I say, some kind of whimsical Mm -hmm. idea for your next project. And let's just say people that paint do it. Summon the muse. You know what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm putting my two piece out there. I feel, I felt bad for her, but look, she was strong enough to step up and and wait to find out what it was. I mean, I knew in my heart that the Olympic Committee was going to be like, yeah, no, you're not coming, kind of thing. Um, it's just because it's, of the way they
2: are. It seems like they're going to reevaluate it. They're going to have. On on the one hand, I understand the. Look, we we need to revise it we may need to revisit it but this is the way the rules are written right now it's clear as day your your blood results your drug test results are in violation of olympic standards we have to apply the restrictions in accordance with the rules the way they are written now but unfortunately her case is going to be used. Fortunately, unfortunately unfor- for future athletes, unfortunately for her, the case is going to be used as a catalyst for change. Right.
1: And dare I say she got caught. That's all I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, you know what
2: I all mean? The athletes that didn't get caught. I mean, all those pictures are like Michael Phelps that came out where he's like doing a bong hit. And so, and then it's a picture of him with like nine gold medals, you know?
1: Look, this stigma look, there's the stigma with mental health, there's a stigma with marijuana. I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden now there's no stigma with nicotine and alcohol. Right. It's the same. Right. It's yeah, it, it's you know, been it's a growth for the country kind of thing, and and that's that's where we're headed. But to to see where other countries that we poo poo because mm-hmm. you know, we're the US, we're better than everybody else, but we you know, and I'm not saying that to be lightly or make fun of it, but because we do we do have a standard of of excellence here as af- yeah. as I would like to say as human beings for the most part, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, um yeah, we won't get into other stuff. we'll have to revisit that on another day uh <laughs> and I'm sure most people are like, Oh, I was talking about yeah we're gonna we're not gonna get into the uh, the uh capitol building or anything like that, not to do right. Not gonna look. I don't care. I'll just put it this way. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what you do. I don't care where you're running. I don't care. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Um, we need to start treating each other with some kind of uh, respect, just in general. Right. I'm gonna leave it that we we. This was freaking awesome, dude. Uh, this was a, this was a great uh maiden voyage. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. I've got some work to do on the editing because I'm sure this is like way over an hour. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we limited to an hour? Is
1: that the thing? I think it's an hour. Everybody's an hour, but sometimes I like to chunk it up. This one I might actually just leave by itself because there's a lot of good little nuggets in there. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it for the folks to rock out. Once again, this is uh, Angelo Hunter, your boy Jello, aka right there, and uh, this is the Your Boy Jello podcast with co-hosts, friend, and uh, new compadre into the uh, world of podcasts doc casey hey
2: man you know, you know? yeah
1: <laughs> hope, i hope that's not trademarked uh, i don't want to get sued. <laughs> all right little john's like hey me yeah, yeah. how about you come on the show let's call it either. but anyways guys it was a pleasure uh casey welcome aboard man this was awesome and i hope Thanks, some cool information for everybody and this is what we're going to try to to put out to you guys, you guys can find the Your Boy Jello podcast just about everywhere you get your your streaming podcasts. Uh, your Apple, your Spotify, uh, what's the other one? SoundCloud, all over the place. Google Play, we're everywhere. We're gonna if we're not everywhere, we're gonna be everywhere. And we're also like to announce that we've been picked up by the Wisdom app, which will be coming out soon. And that is a mentoring app, so we're gonna be one of the top mentors that'll be helping people. I'm um, just waiting to get some more feedback on that and the connection with them and then we'll show you how that works as well but if you have any questions or maybe there's a topic that you want us to touch on uh, hit us up on uh, oh yeah give your Facebook handle too man
2: Oh I mean I'm just I'm just by name on on Facebook. Oh, and on uh, Instagram, you're RockDoc,
1: what? Rock I'm doc.
2: RockDoc1128 on on Instagram. And just by fa- on Facebook, I'm just by my full name, Casey Chase.
1: There you go. And, and the, uh, your Boy Jello podcast is U-R-B-O-Y-G-E-L-O because I'm too lazy to spell out the whole thing.
2: <laughs>
1: but that's how we're rocking, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Much love, much respect. Y'all be
2: safe out there. And uh, what's up, Casey? Say uh, your peace. Hey, man. This was a great time. One of many. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't wait to upload
1: it. Maybe we can get Branson to hook us up with a flight. Yeah.
2: Nice. <laughs> People are
1: like, what are you? Uh, Richard? Could <laughs> you be listening? Yes. I yes, want to take it. Yes. We're fit enough to go. Let's go. Let's do this. Sponsor, baby. Sponsor. Yeah, mm-hmm. if there's any sponsors out there, yeah, we're looking for those too. All right, there. Much love, much respect. Your boy, Jello, Doc Casey. We out.
2: All right, guys.